0: and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too.
0: Hello, everyone. Uh, This week, oh man, I'm just so stoked on this conversation. Bridie and I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Allison Ray, who is a multi award winning adult performer and model who's been in the industry for a decade. And uh, we had the pleasure of talking to Allison about all of the things that she does in the industry as a producer, a director, a production manager, and of course, a performer. Uh, We also dive into some of the current publicity stunts unfolding on the internet these days in the adult entertainment industry. Very fascinating stuff. And then, of course, what it's like to date colleagues versus dating civilians. (laughs) Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did because this is just such a delight. And uh, we'll see you all on the other side. my favorite parts of this show mm-hmm. one of the things that I cherish the most is having an opportunity to speak with people that are fully enveloped and at like steeped in the world of pornography and the reason why I love that is because and it's no surprise to people who've listened to the show. They probably heard this a thousand fucking times and I'm sorry. <clears throat> but when I was in high school, my first job, one of my first jobs ever was Say I got- Say
1: it for us, audience. Uh, Shout it <laughs> at the radio.
0: I got to work in a porn store for my <laughs> for my first job ever. And I fucking loved that job. I loved that job. And if I could go back and tell my 18-year-old self that one day I'd be hosting a, a, a program where I get to speak to people to people in the porn industry, I would have, I would have said, you're fucking crazy. But look (laughs) at me now, mom. Look at me now, mom.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she's real proud.
0: (laughs) I think she, well, she is. She actually is. And uh, today we are joined by Alison Ray, uh, multi-nominated adult performer and model. Uh, And I'm just, I'm, I'm really stoked to be able to talk to you, Alison, about your experience in the world of adult entertainment. Please, Give yourself a nice little introduction to our listeners. Give us a little bit of a sense of who Alison Ray is.
2: Sure. Well, I have been performing for almost a decade. I never expected to be here as long as I have, but you know, here I am. I have worked behind the scenes as a production assistant, production manager, and I've even directed my own series for Adult Time Between the Sheets with Allison Ray. I also work behind the scenes for Adult Time, running their TikTok. Um, I've helped a lot of uh, models with just running their businesses. So I've gotten I'm, I'm I'm kind of all over the place in the industry, and uh, I've always been kind of a jack of all trades. But performing with all of the experience that I've gotten in other areas of this business, performing was just my favorite. So even though like I took like a small, not even a hiatus, but I was focused on more behind the scenes stuff. I was like, you know what now like performing is where it's at for me and kind of made my way back Mm. uh, about two years ago into like really focusing on my performing career.
1: Mm. That's so cool to hear. Jeremy and I met in acting school and, and I've done a lot of film production and coordinating and stuff like that in the background, production managing and whatnot. And it's so wild to have that experience behind the camera and on the camera, but there's, there's, you mentioned that you've always been a Jack of all trades. Is it like, do you have to keep a a hand in everything? You must be so busy with all of this.
2: I am quite busy. Um, Me personally. Yes. I get bored very easily. I cannot handle like I was never cut out for like a nine to five Monday through Friday type of job. The monotony just Mm. gets to me I need that like variation in my life to uh not be bored uh Mm. so I am quite busy but I don't think I won't say most I don't think a lot of models are in the same position that I am I think they're pretty happy to like stay in their you know creative performing minds uh and everybody's just so different like the market uh, for everybody's different. And the reason I even got into the behind the scenes in the first place was, I didn't, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I just didn't have very good business sense starting out in this career. And I kind of used behind the scenes work to understand my industry better, to hmm. learn from people who had more experience than I did. So I could learn how to light better, could learn how to edit better. I learned from some girls that I assisted how to market myself on social media. So it's just uh something that I personally have gone down that path of kind of keeping a hand in everything just because then I don't get bored, but it also helps me hone the skills that you need in order to be successful in this
0: industry. That's amazing. I mean doing this for a decade, um uh that's that's a long time. That's I mean that's a you know that's a that's a that's a career. Uh Uh I mean, anybody doing anything for, for over 10 years is, is, you know, you're, you're dedicating your life to, to this craft. And, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious, like you, you mentioned how you didn't, you wouldn't have anticipated you'd find yourself here 10 years later. Um, take us back to those early stages of like getting into the industry. What were your thoughts? Like, was this kind of a, well, I'll do this maybe like pay off some bills and then move on to something else in life or like, what was your origin story and, and, you know, maybe take us through the kind of moments where you started to realize, fuck me, I guess I'm, I guess I'm committed.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. It's exactly what you said. Pay off some bills. So I was in college. I want to start this story by saying I did graduate college. <laughs> so I was, I was, you know, that's always the thing. It's, People it. think girls like get in while they're in college and yeah. then they quit to do business. like, no, no, no. I saw it through. <laughs> so I was a I was between my freshman and sophomore year in college and I met a girl who was in the industry and we met on like a swinger's website uh, my boyfriend and I were like trying to find our first uh you know have our first experiences with that and she and her boyfriend were close to our age just a couple years older so we we're getting to know each other and you know, I asked her what she did for a living. She's like, "I'll tell you, but don't freak out." I was like, "Do you sell drugs? Like what?" <laughs> and she's like, "No, no. Um, I I do porn." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Um, tell me about it." And she was a student like me at the same college, actually. And she was telling me how she would go out to LA and shoot for a week, and then come home and focus on school for three weeks. And so she would live off hmm. of her earnings from a week all month. And it really allowed her to focus on her studies the rest of the month. And I was uh, I was in the honors college. I was taking 18 to 21 credits every semester. I was burnt out. I had a, a nannying job and it just was, I think I was making like 13 bucks an hour. It was not, you know, and I wasn't able to focus on my studies the way I needed to. You know, it was trying to do homework and study while the kids napped. And I was just so stressed out and it was not working for me. So I was like, I'm actually, I'm kind of interested in that. That sounds great. And I'd always been pretty sexually promiscuous. So I was like, I'll try it. And she Mm. helped me get an agent, came out to LA, shot my first five scenes, loved it. And I never stopped never stopped shooting. So my senior, well, what would be, I think, I guess it was technically like my junior year, but like what would be, I was on track to graduate college in two years because I got so many dual enrollment credits, um, in high school. So because I was part of the honors college, I was supposed to do a thesis and for my, uh, major, Your thesis track had to run from spring to fall, which means I would have had to start my senior thesis my freshman year of college. But nobody realized I was going to graduate that quickly because it's so unheard of. Mm. So nobody told me that I needed to start on my thesis. So I kind of got stuck at that college if I wanted to graduate from there for an extra three semesters. When that happened, I was like, "Okay, I guess I'll add on two more majors um, and I can do them. (laughs) Yeah, why not? And I'll do them all from uh, like computer because I, there was so much overlapping credits that I really only needed to take like five more classes in order to get two more degrees. So during all of this, because I'd always planned on going to grad school for psychology and at least getting my master's. So because I didn't really need to be on campus, I was like, okay, I want to move out to LA and just like work more while i'm finishing and my thesis was going to be about the porn industry so it made sense to move out Mm -hmm. to be able to and i kind of wanted to do it like as a documentary um, like a video project and i moved out to do that and when i got here uh i mean shit surviving in LA is tough, man. Okay. You know, especially as like a, a young, I mean, any, any starving artist that moves to LA can understands. like, it's just the rent, just the cost of living is crazy. So I was juggling that I was still getting all my schoolwork done, but the thesis project, I just, I don't know, my heart wasn't in it. And then I realized, oh, I actually don't really have an interest in doing psychology as a career. I just wanted to learn about it in college. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want to go to grad school for it. I'll just, I'll, I'll drop out from the honors college, which was the entire reason I took those extra three semesters and ended up in LA to do this thesis. I was like, I'll drop the honor college. I'll just graduate from like the main school with my three degrees and I'll go, just figure it out from there. I'll take a year off, instead of going immediately to grad school, figure out what I wanna do. And as I was figuring out what I wanna do, I was like, I actually kind of really like what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, And that was kind of the, oh shit, all right. I guess I should probably get serious about my career and put in the effort to learn more. Cause I was really just using it as like, Side money, and yeah. you know, so you know, it, it was funny because a lot of people get into any kind of production, like wanting to be an actor, and then they find themselves waiting on tables, and then ten years later, they're like, "Oh, I'm not an actor. I'm a I'm a waiter." Yeah. And for me, it was very much the opposite. It was like <laughs> I'm just gonna go, and I'm gonna like do a couple of movies while I'm in school, and then I was like, "Oh shit, I'm an actress."
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, like when you when you make that realization, like, "Oh fuck, I'm." This is what I want to do. Um, How did your relationship to the work change? Like, did, you know, uh, I guess, I guess the way it like, i was trying to think of another way of like wording this, but like, like like when you showed up on versus professional, yeah, exactly. Like Like, when you showed up on set, sort of doing it just to, you know, make a bit of side money. um, What were those experiences like compared to going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this to try to make a living. Like how did your relationship to the work change between those two sort of stages?
2: So it actually had nothing to do with showing like being on set. Uh, Mainstream production was very much the same and you know, the industry has evolved so much, but when I was like, Oh, okay, I'm going to get serious about this was when I actually started producing my own content because Ah, owning uh your own content is so much more valuable um and profitable in the long run than doing a scene. Because when you do a scene, you get paid for the day and that's it. There's no royalties. Mm. Um, there's no guarantee the company will even ever hire you again. But when you own your content, you own it forever. Mm-hmm. If you market it, if you advertise it, if you put it on different platforms, like you can make money on the same video forever.
0: Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. And I guess like for people that um, you know, for for people who aren't necessarily super, um, I guess like, uh, familiar with the, the, the sort of back end of things when it comes to the adult entertainment industry. Um, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe you can like give us a little bit of like a a sort of broad overview, like a high level overview of like how it works. But, um, I, I feel like I, I sort of have a grasp, but even that, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, maybe I actually don't know a whole lot, but I, I do know things like, you know, like Joanna Angel started her own her own like production company. And you've got like Angela White who has her own production company. And like all of these starlets who, who not only were doing scenes, they also kind of broke off and went, I'm going to start a fucking production company. I take it. That's where for at least some people, like that's kind of the way to go to what you were just saying right there. It's like you own, once you own the content, once you're the creating that type of content, that's where the money is. Like that's where the, that's where Mm -hmm. the long-term sort of, financial stability comes from as opposed to crossing your fingers and hoping like, you know, okay, I, I get a a contract with blacked or something and like, I'm just gonna, I'll have a place to go, but it's not mine. And I can't It's like a contract
1: to contract kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a
0: freelancer sort of vibe. Is that sort of, is that kind of like, you know, from, from a normie who's trying to (laughs) wrap their head around it? Is that kind of the way it works? So contract, well, you know,
2: contracts are actually kind of coming back, but. When I first got in, when, you know, all of this was happening, contracts were not a thing. Uh, contracts were something from, like, the early 2000s and the 90s, where you have these vivid contract girls. Uh, there would be girls that were featured, you know, like Cherry of the Month for Cherry Pimps or um, uh, Treat of the Month for Twisties. But it wasn't any kind of contract. You just got, like, you know, two scenes and a promo shoot, and they would feature you on their website for a month. So it wasn't anything crazy like that. There were a few companies like um, Blacked, right, where yeah. they would shoot your first IR scene, and they would you'd be in a contract where you couldn't shoot any other IR for like six months or Can something. You, sorry, like what that. what
0: is uh, IR?
2: IR is interracial. Okay, it's not yeah. even really a term that we use anymore. Um, sure. The social climate has changed so much. So I was like, I even hesitated to like say it, but I'm like, it, it, you know, it's part of <laughs> it our It was what it was. Yeah, yeah totally. It right. was yeah. what it yeah. was. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, websites like Blackwood take a, a girl and shoot her first, you know, scene or series of scenes and then uh, buy exclusivity. So she would get a much higher rate for that first scene because they're buying exclusivity so that you know they're the only people that have this type of scene of this girl Mm. so that was really like the closest to a contract that you would get back in like 2016 to 2018 and then Brazzers started rolling out their contract i think really people started contracting guys before they were really contracting girls Ah. because there's just so many girls and like male like really talented like male performers are few and far between and you need you really need guys that are reliable there are so i can't tell you how many times i've been on set when we're waiting on wood or guys pulling rope or it's just not working and everyone and you know everyone goes home you don't get paid for that day because we didn't finish the product and that's what we're paid for is making Mm -hmm. a product Mm -hmm. so when you don't finish it 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 wastes everybody's time and money and so these companies would contract guys for that Really, the way that the industry works, um, or I mean, it still works this way. But there are more contracts. But the people that are getting contracts are like, you know, A-list, like cream of the crop performers. The majority of performers are not getting that. The majority of performers are, you know, we all have eight. Not we all. Most of us have agents. There are some independent uh, agents, and they will. They have contacts for all of the companies and my photo it's literally exactly like a talent agency for Mm -hmm. any other kind of acting and a company will go look at you know well i guess it's a little bit different because we don't have to audition like you have to (laughs) in acting like that's, that's a completely fake porn trope uh my favorite thing about uh like backroom casting couches and those types of websites is people really believe like a People think that we are terrible actors and B they believe that those scenes are real. And I'm like, those two things cannot coexist. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) That is a very fucking good point. Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, for, for, and again, like, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of our listeners probably know this shit, but like, like just for context, like the, the, the trope of like the casting couch, you know, oftentimes, you know, the scene will be like, Oh, you know, this person who's not really that aware, like not really has, hasn't headlights. done a whole lot of porn. Like, and they're, they're here to like, they're, you know, we, we're we going to be casting, but we're going to bang them first uh, just to like, just to see. And it, and it goes, you know, it goes up and that's the thing that people go. Oh yeah. I guess that would have been, that must've been their very first scene ever. And uh, <laughs> wow. How hot was well, that? Sometimes, you know, or...
2: sometimes it is their first scene ever. Sure. But the thing is, is a lot of those websites, it's not even about like, oh, they've never done porn. We're going to try them out. It's like, oh this girl is here for a modeling job and yeah, that, and she's yeah. unaware that it's for porn and we're going to coerce her into yeah. making porn because she needs she's a, you know called like exploited college girls comes to mind yes, like yes and that you know and, it, and it's a whole trick and like no 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 like these girls are like handing over their ids they're signing paperwork they know what they're doing <laughs> yeah. well before the cameras start rolling yeah but <laughs> I, I think it looks real because A lot of them are first or, you know, first through third time of making it. So they're still Mm. so like uncomfortable in front of the camera because they're getting used to it, that it can look very authentic.
1: It's like a rite of passage. I like Mm. I like that. Um, I'm really curious about the what the rehearsal if there's if there is any rehearsal period in. (laughs) No. In point. No. So you don't even like let's run our lines or like we'll run through scenes. Is it all like improv right off the top?
2: Okay, so uh, in terms of like rehearsal, I mean, I get my script. You know, well, it depends on the company. Some companies you don't even get the script till you show up. Okay, Uh, I love working with Adult Time. They send the script like as as soon as they book you because they want to make sure that you're comfortable with the um, context of the scene. So, Adult Time sends out the script. Uh, When you get to set, you know, I, I have reviewed it but I haven't memorized my lines and we'll kind of go over the blocking and what they want us to do on camera and you know we might spend 20 minutes just rehearsing the lines a little bit and a lot of it is like it's like a half script so the way that adult time writes their scripts um well now they've kind of been transitioning over to more of an improv but it is kind of like a we want these specific lines said they're going to write a description of what they want ish to happen next and then allow the actors to kind of like flesh out what they want to say and how it would sound natural to them and then they would have like another specific line so it's really like a guideline and so we'll spend some time figuring that out before we actually roll the camera but it's not like uh you know when you said rehearsal I was imagining my days of musical theater where you know <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like days yeah. of rehearsal or there'd be like a whole dress Ugh. rehearsal before mm. you know the play but
0: it's not like that. Um, something I would love to kind of dive into with you, if you're, if you're willing to go there, um, is to talk about the, to talk about the, um, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think of how to like, how to phrase this, to dive into the subject matter of, um, relationships within the porn industry. And what I mean by that is like, Personal, um, intimate relationships that you have, whether that be a partner or you know, like uh, you know, a, a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a long term, a, a short term kind of thing, whatever, and how that how that plays into your profession. How does your profession affect personal relationships uh, from a romantic perspective, and and also. Um, yeah we'll start there because basically where i want to go down I, i've been i've been watching this very fascinating thing occur online and it's the the part that's fascinating isn't what's happening um isn't isn't what's happening to, like it, it's not what i'm watching it's the comments that i'm seeing commenting on the thing that i'm watching so so for context okay. there's been this you know um for people who aren't aware um Adam Twenty Two and Lena the Plug—they're two (laughs) like they're two celebrities in the world of of porn. Adam comes from a podcasting background. He had a podcast called No Jumper. You would speak to like rappers and stuff like that. He's married to Lena the Plug. Lena the Plug has been in porn for quite a long time, and the two of them decided to start a podcast called, um, I think it's called uh, Plug Talk. Plug Talk. Thank you. And so on their show, they have female porn stars come on to be interviewed like we're doing here. But at the end of the interview, Adam and Lena, fuck the, the guest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's a fucking, it. it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant um podcast idea, you know, like no one, it's, no one else is I've, doing it. Yeah. First time I ever heard of something <laughs> like that. And so, so, but every single episode, it's another female that comes on and they they have a threesome. Now, it became aware to the public and people kind of, I guess, figure this out, but like Lena hadn't, hasn't done a, a, a boy girl scene since her and Adam had been together. Uh. And so she has her first scene. Uh, uh, you know, whatever, a couple of weeks with ago Jason Love. with yeah. Jason Love, who is a very well endowed, very handsome, uh, very large man. And, <laughs> and so she does this scene and Adam makes a post. About, well, they, they have, they, they, there's a bunch of shit going out online, but basically Adam and Lena have a, a conversation after the fact that they had this, you know, that she had her first male sexy in a long time. And she explains how like, you know, Jason's dick was fucking way bigger than yours, but you know, it, it doesn't like size doesn't matter. Blah, 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 there's love. And, and so, and, and Adam's having this conversation. And from where, where I stand, when I watch it, I go, that's really commendable for them to have this conversation. Very cool. And I think this is really neat. But then, of course, the whole fucking world chimes in and they go, you know, I mean, you're getting everything from like, look at Adam, what a cuck or, you know, oh, my God, this guy has no fucking idea. Like she's, you know, she's probably out there like just sowing discord and like and, and just people, people making all these assumptions. And I'm sitting on the on the sidelines going, well, a this is fucking great for both of their careers. Jason's career included. B, do you really think that Adam's out here giving a flying fuck that his wife had sex with some other man, considering that he's married to a porn star and he himself is also now considered a porn star, but all these people just seem to think like, oh, this relationship is going to fucking crash and burn because Lena's had sex with somebody else. So all of that to say and and if you want to give your give your two cents on that entire <laughs> fucking thing which i'm sure is like like the talk of the town in the world of porn right now because it, it is so f- entertaining to see the way that people have reacted to this thing but all of that to say for people who aren't in porn what is what is it like to date someone as a porn star maybe if that person isn't in porn or they are in porn like how what are your views on sex when it comes to being in a relationship with somebody else, knowing that a part of your job is to fuck other people. Oh, there's so many
2: questions here. All right. We'll unpack <laughs> it. And ask me questions along the way, if you want any clarification or if I forget some part of it. Um, Like first off the whole Adam and Lena thing is, I just think it's so, I, his tweets of like, you know, I'm, you know, I've really accepted it and I'm recovering and like, I, I think it's so fucking funny how I think people, it's
0: I think it's a comedy bit. Like so, I think he's doing oh, a bit. It is. Yeah, 100%. Oh,
2: 100%. He's completely doing a bit and yes. it's so funny that people are so like completely ignorant of it. Yes. I think it's hilarious.
0: Um Like he I, and just for context, just sorry to cut you up, but just for context like oh, wait, wait, wait. he's made videos calling out Jason. You know, like like oh, going like funny. saying saying things I like no like I'm look, you this. might have a bigger dick than me, but I've got love between these legs, and and you know, it's like <laughs> stuff like that where you're going. Obviously, this is a bit, but people t- people are t- are people are eating it up, and they're and they're not taking it as a bit. They're taking it no, as, they're, like, as gospel. Yeah,
2: they really are. And um, no, I'm just like, oh, it's just one really big publicity stunt. I'm they're they're fucking geniuses, man. Like Absolutely. I could not have come up like just a plus, Linda and Adam. Um, but uh, dating as a porn performer, it's hard. Um, I've had my fair share of relationships. I've dated uh, a fellow performer. Um, that was all good and fine um until we broke up. Then it was weird because then you're just watching this person that you had like an entire life with having sex with every single person but you all over your social media timeline. And you have to see them at, at you know, it's it's like I understand now why people always said like don't fuck your coworkers because like then you can't mm-hmm. get away from them mm-hmm. when things go south. So like I understand that. He and I are actually really great friends now. Everything's cool, but it is complicated. Um and then I've also dated um two civilians. I married one of them.
0: I love that you call them um, civilians too. That's
2: that's <laughs> that. um and you know it's funny because I didn't think that my my job like, that's the thing my job as a performer where I go out and fuck people, um, didn't really impact my marriage so much as my presence on social media kind of did if that mm. makes sense um because well, kind of like you're saying where people are like taking these things as got like everybody has their own opinion and they're gonna project it onto whatever Adam's saying very similarly like me and my um well he was my fiance at the time that we were on uh social media like like growing on tiktok you know everyone was also calling him a cock because Mm -hmm. he lets me do porn and i think it's really interesting the uh huge uh just the double standard yeah. Of, you know like it's fine when there's plug talk and adam's fucking all these women no one says as shit soon as,
0: as soon as jason yeah. steps in it's a whole fucking thing like, well
2: part of it is because people don't understand how biology works and they don't understand that the vagina is elastic
0: yeah, yeah.
2: um that's that's one major thing <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so it's it's interesting how uh you know men are just not allowed to enjoy watching their partners receive and give pleasure to any other person unless they're involved in it. Mm. Um and I think that there was there's just definitely like issues. I think it can really play on a man's insecurities especially if he's not like so talking as like from, you know, the civilian that I married for for him, I think, like, he, he was very secure in his masculinity, and uh, I think he had a lot of security, but I think me being in this job and, like, seeing the way that people would talk about him online when we would kind of put our business out there, mm. um, I think did weigh on him a little bit, so being a porn performer can, I think, play on, like, the insecurities of, or dating a porn performer plays on the insecurities of men because men are expected to be something specific for their wives or girlfriends and like, you know, be like the alpha, right? Mm. And if you are not the only person uh, in that woman's life or that that woman is having sex with, I think all of the messaging that boys get growing up, uh, you know, they start worrying that those negative thoughts are true. And I think that can really erode relationships, um, depending on the people in them. Do they have good communication uh, with each other? Are they able to understand each other? Have they both been through, like, therapy, and and they're able to kind of, like, see their dynamics? Um, And then with the other civilian, like, he is very much into what, like, so the one I married, Uh, he, if you haven't picked up on this yet, we're getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so we're not together at the moment, but my, the other civilian that I've dated, he's very into it. Uh, he Mm -hmm. likes that I'm having sex with other people. He gets enjoyment out of it. Whereas like my ex-husband, it was kind of something where it was like, it's okay that I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think in order to have a successful relationship when you're a performer, you need a partner that actually likes it and isn't just Mm -hmm. tolerating it. Is something that I've learned. And it's difficult to find that because of how fragile masculinity can be. Um, Not that all men have fragile masculinity, but uh, you can get triggered. I think it's easy to get triggered when you have a partner that's working in this
0: industry. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
3: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Especially given how vocal the general public likes to be, and if you i can i i i don't know if it's even possible to not read the comments when you're such a public facing <sighs> person mm-hmm. but that just seems like there's there's no way of he- mm-hmm. of helping you if yeah, you're I mean, going like, to dive into the comment section
0: if for some reason the very nature of doing what you do had nothing to do with fame it might be a completely different scenario you know but the, yeah. but, the but, 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 but the sheer fact that you are a public figure. Um, I mean, that's just, that that's the, that's one of the, unfortunately, it's one of the, one of the lamest things about social media is that it, it provides people with an opportunity to poke and prod into your personal life outside of your profile picture and a post and a comment that you have made. It's like, it, it mm-hmm. reaches the people that are, that are a part of your life that have fucking nothing to do with your, your Mm -hmm. public persona, you know? Um, Sure,
2: and you can absolutely choose like to not have them be out there, but that was something that we also chose to do like as a couple because mm -hmm. my brand, I really built my brand off of like, I'm a real person that I'm like, I'm a real girl, I enjoy sex and like I'm gonna share my sex life with you and I'm relatable and I'll talk about mental health and you know, I I just just share very normal stuff Mm -hmm. to humanize the performers in this industry uh, and part of that was introducing, uh, my, my partner and that was where it really got complicated. Um, people really feel like they have a uh, license to say whatever they want about anybody's relationship.
1: Um, I'm curious about like, as well, like what is the, what about, so in your work, there's multiple people that you have sex with, but then you also have to maintain, this long-term sexual relationship with another person. And those are very Mm -hmm. different expressions of sexuality and different, you know, skills uh, in terms of like maintaining uh, like healthy communication and boundaries and negotiating pleasure and things like that. Like what's your experience walking that line in your long-term relationships? So
2: sex on set is just different. Even if it's just for like my own content and I'm more in control of it, it's just different because I'm not thinking like as much as I'm trying, like doing my very best to experience pleasure, it is work it becomes work. You're thinking about a lot of different things, especially if I'm on set with a crew. I'm thinking about where the camera is. Can it see, is there enough light for the penetration shot? How does my body look in this position? Should I be like arching my back more? Like, can I elongate my body in any kind of way? How many more minutes do we have in this position? Oh my God, my legs are on fire from riding cowgirl for the last four minutes straight. You know, there's a lot going on and it's very hard to just be in your body and feel that so when and also I don't have very intimate relationships with most of my co-workers half of my co-workers are people that I have met that day and while we might have like a decent rapport because we've been hanging out on set all day and maybe getting to know each other a little bit um I don't know that much about them like I usually don't even know their actual names I just know their stage names um because that's how we go by like go by our stage names on set uh I might you know, know a little bit about the work they've done in the last couple of, of days or weeks because we'll talk about you know like that's what we all have in common is mm-hmm. this industry so we'll talk about what happened on set last week um and then i might and then i or not might and then i know that they have a clean test like that's pretty much all i know about these people so there's not the same kind of vulnerability that you get in an intimate partnership when i'm in these like long term like romantic and sexual relationships with people off camera uh there there very much is a, a lot of vulnerability and i am able to communicate this is what feels good like this is what doesn't because on set it, you're having sex to for it to look good you're not yeah. having sex for pleasure yeah because it is entertainment it is a performance mm. and uh my partners at home just like especially because they have shot scenes with me for my own content and you know blur out their fates or we'll do a pov or whatever they really get a sense of how different Mm. that sex is Mm -hmm. than the sex we're having just to have it and to enjoy each other they see like it's not necessarily like robotic but they see like it is a process there is a uh there's just a formula to it that takes out all of like, like in a way it can take out a lot of the sexiness. And so they're just very aware that when I go to work, that it is nothing like what we do together on our own time. And I think Mm. that helps a lot.
0: I, I, um, I mean, something you said there just made me think about, um, this experiences that I've had in the past, um, sexually. So just to like give some context, I've, I've had um I've had like sexual experiences with people where a few people not not uh, not a not a whole bunch but there's been a few people where I've I've been having sex with them and in the process of having that sex there seems to be this like performative nature to the way that they are showing up in that in that experience that sexual experience that we are having right? So it's like what you said earlier, where it's like, should I be arching my back this way? Am I, like, does my body look weird in this way? Um, perhaps there's like some vocal quality that I'm going to add to like my moan or what have you. And whenever I, whenever I see that in real life, like whenever I'm experiencing that while having sex with someone, it's the biggest, it's it's one of the biggest turnoffs imaginable for me. Um, I, like, I, I, it's, I hate it. I hate it so much. And so I'm kind of curious about your own personal sex life at home, not on set. Do you find it hard to drop that when you are having, like, when you're showing up to have, like, an emotional, intimate connection with a partner? Like, do you find, or or do you find, like, that because you're a professional performer, you have this, like, innate ability to kind of, sprinkle a little bit of that performance here, but also be very grounded and and connected here. You know, like I, I feel like I feel like the people that I've had that encounter with where, where it's happening, it's it's far too weighed on that at that that performative end. And that's the thing that takes me out of it. Whereas I have had mm-hmm. experiences with people who can like kind of do a little bit of the both. And it's it's very it's very nice. Um, what are your I thoughts think- on that?
2: Yeah, it definitely depends on like the mood of the situation. Like if we're having like a very like emotionally connected day and like we're clear, you know, like I've always I'm like making love, sex, fucking, all very different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we're making love, like I am very much like I don't know, like it's it's similar to like a a runner's high. Like I'm so zone like honed in on what I'm doing and everything else has fallen away. Um and I'm just like, I say t- I call it like dropping into my body. Uh when I am able to like actually feel all the sensations that are that's happening to my body, and usually I get there just by like breathing and kind of meditating into it. Um I get out of my head because the only time that I am, you know, adding that, you know, little bit to my bone or like making sure I'm dirty talking a little extra is like when i'm thinking about it it doesn't yeah. come out naturally for me there are plenty of performers where that is just kind of how they have sex and it's not even a performative thing they just kind of have like a little bit more of a, a primal um sure. response but i personally i'm a very quiet uh having sex or <laughs> i'm like I don't have a <laughs> quiet, quiet <laughs> sexual being yes. um and, and... Oh, <laughs> Um and uh, sorry, I just got distracted. Uh, bu, 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 where was I? Oh oh oh, having sex. The difference between having sex, in, making Indian. love, and fucking
0: all very different. Yes. Um, but and yes. you're, you're typically a very quiet. sex
2: sex-giver. I'm very quiet. <laughs> yeah, so I am uh, not performing Damn. when I'm like fully in my body. However, um, you know, like there are times where we are. Playing more than you know, making love. So, when we're playing, and like there might be some role play involved, there's some BDSM, like natural, like performative, mm. um, like sexuality kind of comes out because I'm tapping into a part of me that isn't necessarily like what I would naturally do. Mm. Um, so I'm feeling like what I would do in that situation, and like I might have to channel, you know, some of my like acting skills to like kind of help me when I'm feeling a little bit lost. Um, and so that might be kind of what you're talking about. It's like sprinkled in here and there. And then there's sometimes where my, my current partner, um, he very much enjoys the like porn star experience, right. fun, performative right. thing. So like I can bring it out when it's appropriate, but it's, I don't have it. If I am into the sex that I'm having, if I'm like ready and like actually wanting to have sex, because like I'm on SSRIs, it's hard to want sex as often as i would actually like to have sex so if i am actually into it it is not hard if i am having sex for the sake of my partner because sometimes we do that that's i think that's a very normal human experience sometimes Mm -hmm. we have maintenance sex those times i'm definitely having a little bit of a harder time like being natural and just like feeling and i do bring out more of those performative um bits just because uh i'm not as into it as I would like to be but I want them to enjoy themselves because like I get pleasure out of that even if I'm not like physically like getting pleasure
0: yes yeah. I'm so
1: glad you brought that up because I was going to ask that question about you know sort of relating it to like moms who have like young children who are breastfeeding and then they they, they want to have intimacy with their partner but they're also like touched out like don't yeah. touch me I'd like mm-hmm. I need my body to just like be mine for this time and um I think it's I've never heard anyone say that before in a way that didn't kind of make make me feel like I don't know the the word but the idea that 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 sometimes sex is an act of service to mm-hmm. your partner um mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be about like cuz I think you know myself and probably lot, some listeners um have had the experience through being socialized and raised and growing up in this world as a woman or female presenting and being sexualized when you don't want to be mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and like i'm almost 40 and i feel like the last decade probably i have been uh untangling a little bit of like what that actually did to my mind and to my body to grow up that way mm-hmm. with like just that being a possibility and how I might like contain my natural self-expression a little bit because I don't want it to be mm-hmm. a, an invitation to someone to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. assume. Um, and so when you when you say that, like it can be maintenance, it can be an active service for your partner. There There is like one part of my brain that's like, but I shouldn't have to do anything that doesn't feel great in, to mm-hmm. me in the moment.
2: No. no, you shouldn't have to.
1: But the physicality of that response in my body is almost out of proportion with the actual suggestion mm. that like sex can be about maintenance. Mm-hmm. And it can be about caring for your partner. And it doesn't always have to be like. Uh, you don't have to be at the same level of wanting it necessarily, and it's something you can do as an act of generosity. From this perspective, as opposed to oh, my partner's taking this yeah. from me, and also because also, they need it,
0: and also that act goes both ways. It's like that is not that is not <laughs> you know just a female that, that is not just a female to male thing. Yeah, no, like that goes that that that's that, it. It goes the opposite way too. You know, sometimes I, I I'm I would be shocked to hear somebody who listens to this podcast who is a male who hasn't heard from their from a partner in the past who happens to be a female who says you know that their partner told them you know what I feel like we're not having enough sex we're not getting the sex. like I'm not feeling I'm not feeling like I'm getting what I need in in a sexual context in this relationship that's not something that Men only say to women. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wi- I mean, you know, men say it to men, women say it to women, women say it to men, men say it to women. Like it just it go- it goes across the board. Yeah. Non-binary think- people say it to uh, non-binary. Like it just it just everybody <laughs> says it. Everyone says <laughs> it. We're including everyone.
2: <laughs> everyone does say it, and I also think that has a lot to do with, um. I think a lot of us have a tendency to just say how we're feeling in on any given day when maybe you're just feeling that today but maybe tomorrow you guys end up doing sex You're like oh wait mm. just kidding like to yourself you're like oh wait actually we've been having plenty of sex what am I talking about because like maybe you're not feeling wanted on that day and so it becomes a, a way to say like I want more attention mm. but rather than saying what your wants or your needs are or I'm feeling uh lonely or i'm feeling uh g- not sexy because you know i'm not you know you're you're asking for your needs your emotional needs to be met by your partner but you're not actually saying what you're feeling mm. you're just saying we're we're not having enough sex it's your yes. fault we're yes. not having enough sex and it's it, it is com- it's it's so complicated right there's a lot of nuance here cuz like you were saying that like as a woman There, like, we are very much socialized that, like, you know, a lot of our value comes from our sexual availability to our partners, and that that's something that's like a, a wifely duty, you know. And it's it's a really fine line to walk. I think in order for sex to be, at least for me, in order for sex to be something that I'm giving like generously as maintenance sex, and like for me to be okay with that. I also need to have had the experience of being like, I don't want this right now and really feel in my body that my partner is okay with it. It's not like an, okay, where he's like clearly disappointed. Like you can be disappointed. You're allowed to have your feelings, but like, like, don't make your disappointment about me not wanting to have sex my problem. Mm. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's a, it's totally okay to be disappointed that I need to feel safe saying no. And if I don't feel safe saying no to my partner, I'm not going to be open to giving them sex as a generous act yes. on other occasions when I'm like, well, I could, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll never do it when I'm like, no, I don't want to like, absolutely say no, Then you don't have to. But if you're like, well, not into it, but like I could, and mm-hmm. half the time you do that, you end up being into it anyway.
0: It's something yeah. I've learned. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. I can really hear your uh, psychology degree coming through. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I,
0: I had the thought where I was going, wow, well, this girl goes to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I do,
2: I do. I've been going to therapy for five years.
0: <laughs> That's great. Uh, um, I, I I, mean, th- this has been such a fun conversation and I feel like we could kind of pick your brain for hours. I, I do have one last thing that I, I want to just throw in here and, and just to be respectful of your time. Um, but, uh, what's your, what is you as a, as a, as a, as a performer in the porn industry, what, if any, are your like hard nose when it comes to perform, performing?
2: That's a great question. Uh, I guess we could go over like what a consent checklist is actually like on site. Cause I'm like, that's yeah. how I can tell you my like hardest nose. So, uh, <laughs> they'll ask us if there's any, well, this is specifically adult times checklist. I can't speak for any other, for, uh, Production companies because like they're who I work with the most. But on our consent checklist, they ask if there are any words that you don't want to have said to you or mm-hmm. whatever, just during the scene in general. My one of my words is, or actually, my only word is "cunt." I don't like to be called one. I don't mm-hmm. like it to be called one. Uh, yeah, that's just a word I don't like.
0: You'd have a hard time they, in in uh, the UK, I guess, eh? I
2: yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I would. They use it <laughs> differently. Over
0: it's so endearing over there.
2: Yeah, well, and, you know, and I also feel like it, it's fine if, like, I hear other people saying yeah, it, like, yeah. and I'm not, like, a part of that. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, it's just, it's an icky word for me. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> um, and then they ask about impact play. So that is um, in the uh, sphere of, like, just a mainstream scene. So, like, what people who are in BDSM consider impact play – Probably they'll be like, that's not impact life, but it is when you're talking about vanilla sex onset. Mm. Um is like spanking, choking, um, slapping, spitting. So uh for me, one of my nose, her nose, is like don't spit in my mouth or on my face. Mm. Um, and don't like hockaloogie onto my pussy. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. So many people like it's like I I say hockaloogie, they don't really do that, but that's how it feels. It's yeah, just yeah,
0: yeah.
2: no.
1: It's just a like puff of air too, and you're like, ooh, yeah.
0: I'd be pretty bummed. Yeah. I'd be pretty bummed if I threw on a a, a porn video and someone hawked a loogie. Oh, gross.
1: I can't. Play. Play. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, ah, fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> next, next. God damn it! Yeah. Who greenlit so, this? <laughs> that is my
2: impact play that I don't like. The I, I, so, sorry, I, any... I should I should just oh, say no. I don't
0: I don't want to kink shame. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there that love having their pussy hawk the loogie on. <laughs> Uh, and that and if that, if that is the lid for your pot, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just not interested. Continue.
2: <laughs> same, same these. Uh, there are they ask you if there's any like specific scenarios that you don't like scenarios or role plays that you don't want to do. I don't have anything that's like a hard no for that. Um, and then, in terms of like sex acts, I gent je- like it's not like the hardest no in the world, but I've never done it on camera for a mainstream company and i don't think i will just because of the intensity of the scenes that they require like i've never done anal for a company and i don't think i ever will because like they need a lot and i'm like i only enjoy it when it's like slow and you know i said i'm like a quiet Mm. you know like sexual being so like what they need for an anal scene in porn is like that's a little too too intense for my taste um so i guess with that comes like you know no DP um something i always said that is a, was a hard no for me was well at least like for sure for mainstream porn is cream pies i don't want to do cream pies with people that i don't fucking know <laughs> i does I'm that not mean? with that
1: what's that mean the exactly cream pie?
2: yeah it means uh an internal ejaculation into oh. the vagina okay
0: and typically so, I, I mean am i wrong but typically there's usually like the like the, the final bit is like
1: outside It
0: you yeah you like you watch it you you watch it all be dribbled oh, out, it comes or am out. i wrong you,
2: you, no you're not wrong but that's i mean i don't think that that is even technically what makes it a cream pie like oh, i would consider like what i do at home when i'm not like having <sighs> it purposely drip out is a cream pie the reason we do it is so that the viewer knows that it happened
0: uh, uh, yeah. oh
2: wow because, Fascinating. because yes. if you didn't show it they'd be like was it fake Right. Like they want to see
0: it. Here it yeah. is. See, yeah. it's all copy, coming out now. Copy yeah, that. Right. Thank you. Huh. That's so yeah. fascinating. I just learned something new. That's great.
2: Yeah. So those are like my, like, you know, my, my hard nose and my like, mm,
0: yeah, not,
2: not super into it. <laughs> mm,
1: cool. There, there
0: was, there was, um, fuck. I just had the worst brain fart of my life. You said the cream, the cream pie thing. You're not, not super hot on the anal thing. Was there something else in there that, the, the DP. Oh right, thank you, thank you. DP is all I needed yeah. to spark that thought. Um, so as a as a performer who's like, okay, I'm not going to go down the road of anal, like nothing in my butt. How does that affect, um, if at all? How does that affect like your ability to make money? You know, like like if someone's like if someone's out there going, oh, I'm a fucking, I like you can you can fill every single hole I got. Like, are they are they is are those the performers making wi- like? do they happen to make yes. more bank than somebody who's like oh, really? only, only vaginal?
2: Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there there are entire DVDs, there are entire websites, you know, like Tushy, Tushy is yeah. dedicated yeah. to all anal. Yeah. you know? So when you have a performer like me, who is what, what, you know, it's so funny in the real world, I am not vanilla Yeah. in the porn world. I am very vanilla. Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
2: Well, uh, somebody like me, you know, let's say a company has 30 scenes a month that they're going to shoot and at least 10 of them require anal and they've got to fill, you know, they got to book a girl for every single shoot. So a girl that will do any whole, do whatever, she is eligible for all 30 shoots, right? Me, I'm only eligible for 20 of those shoots. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So
2: it's not even necessarily that they're like, oh, we're going to give all the money to the girls that are willing to do the most, but it's just like,
0: they They have have more more work opportunity yeah yeah interesting yeah and like
2: if i wanted to make more like and there's absolutely girls that are just like they just care about the money they care about their career and like go get your bag like i am all for it but i just was i've never been comfortable pushing my body beyond some like what i actually enjoy on camera um again going back to my brand being all about authenticity i would never want to do something that I didn't feel good about because yeah. it wouldn't be true to who I am true to my brand. Mm. And I think my fans would be able to tell the difference.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And you know, the reason why I brought that up is because I, I I feel like I've never actually heard someone say it that way. And, and I've always kind of made the assumption just by deducing like, well, if, if if there's somebody who does anal and somebody who doesn't, then the person who does anal has more opportunity to do other scenes, do other, you know, do other projects or whatever. But there was, there was, it, it's, it, I, I don't know if it was Brandon McKenna who said it or, or maybe I just heard it in like an interview, Okay, probably could have been an interview from like the the uh, plug talk or something, but like, there always seems to be sort of a, sort of like a, a bit of fanfare when it comes to a porn star announcing they're going to do their first anal scene, right? There's like a, mm-hmm. there's almost like a, Ooh, like so-and-so is going to do anal for the very first time and, and And so when I, you know, when I, when I hear that, I go, oh, I guess that must be, that must be like a big deal. You know, there must be, there must be some sort of like business wise, that must be kind of a big deal too. Um,
2: Yes. So it is something that they advise, especially like new young girls, they advise them to like wait wait. on doing stuff because you will get a big paycheck for the first time you do it, especially if you've gained popularity and you've got this fan base already who loves watching what you do. And you haven't, and then you're going to, it's, it's novel, you know, like they've already seen you take take taking your pussy 10 million times. Mm. Now they get to see (laughs) it. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, so it's just, uh,
0: I mean, throwing back to like the, I I said, Lena, it's, is it Lena? uh, Lena. Yeah. Sorry. So like, I mean, that's a great example of what Lena did, which is like, Mm -hmm. I've, I've been married. I've been, I've been with Adam. I haven't been fucking anybody else for so, so long. And now I'm, now I'm going to fuck somebody else. And, and like, who kn- who knows, maybe someone will want to watch that. And of course, everyone's like, are you kidding me? Fuck yeah, we want to watch that. Like that is, yeah. we haven't seen that in years. It's, you know, the old Len is back or whatever. Um, So like mm-hmm. from a business perspective, it, it is, it's, it, I mean, it makes so much sense that it's the smart thing of like, you're getting into it now. Choose your, choose your moments. Choose yeah. your moments to like hit those scenes that, you know, people are going to be fucking rabid for by the time you, you get there or what have you. That's really, yeah.
2: And it's also no different than like, I don't know, an artist like Taylor Swift changing up her sound every couple of years.
0: Yeah. Right. Like you're
2: just rebranding yourself yeah. a little bit yeah. to keep it fresh for the fans.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, this was, this is, this was, again, I prefaced the whole interview by saying like 18 year old me would be so elated to be able to like sit down and just, and just talk ins and outs of porn And, uh, you, you are, you really are of, of just a phenomenal guest. Like this is, this was such, (laughs) there's so many great insights and, uh, just really interesting and, and you're a great conversationalist. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule to sit down and chat with us. This has been an absolute treat. How can our listeners find you stay up to date with the work that you're doing? Who knows? Maybe one day you'll do an anal scene and everybody's (laughs) going to want to line up to watch. How can people find you?
2: Uh, the easiest way to find all of my links is just my website, alisonrayfans.com. There's a little links tab. You can go find my TikTok, my Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans, panties, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks again. This has been really fun. Yeah,
1: thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. It was my pleasure.
0: All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to, so
1: kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful,
0: so generous. Go to patreon.com slash On. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat.
1: Well, if you want to reach out to us, me at gmail dot com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email, money transfer, uh, all of that,
0: sex toy.
1: <laughs> you know, we're we're our email inbox is open to you.
0: That is it for this week. Until next week.
1: Why don't you go touch yourself?